0: To putting the pieces together with Jigsaw Learning. I'm joined today by Andrea Gutman and Christy Badry from Battle River School Division and we're going to talk a little bit today about collaborating to support students but we'll start with ladies. Can you give us a little bit of background about who you are and what you do? So uh
1: Andrea Gutman and I am the principal of a pre-k to five school here in Camrose. Um, And we have a very um, eclectic demographic here at Sparling. So we support um, a lot of different needs um, right up to grade five and a lot of inclusion work. So that's sort of what our, you know, our passion is here at Sparling. And um, we have two very complex pre-K classrooms as well. And so kind of um, how we work together as a team from both early intervention right up to that transition to middle school.
2: And uh, my name is Christy Badry and I am the coordinator of health and wellness for Battle River School Division. So I work um, with all of the schools, and I support our kind of higher needs students um, who are experiencing a variety of things from trauma to um, mental health concerns. I supervise our family school liaison workers, and I'm in charge of crisis response and, and kind of that tier three, tier
0: four um, supports for our schools very important roles when it comes to supporting students for both of you. Yeah. (laughs) So in your roles, how did you each come to collaborative response?
1: Was it together?
0: Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Many ask,
1: like, why are we a combination? And I think, uh, so I met Christy when I was consulting, actually, for Battle River School Division um, with the Inclusion Department, and it was Brenda Herder that took We went to the um, jigsaw learning it was in Edmonton it was I think the second conference that they did. And that's where I was sort of introduced to collaborative response and of course Christy and I were working a lot together in that tier three tier four area. um, In supporting a lot of the students that were you know challenging for principals or teachers and consulting so that's where we kind of connected at first. And then of course i shifted into the role here at Sparling, and it's just been a chance to be in the trenches and i came into Sparling right when they were kicking off the collaborative response work kind of at a bigger level across the division so i had met curtis early on and kind of been part of that startup in battle mm-hmm. river school division from the division level and then came into a school that had not started that formalized kind of collaborative response process and i think that's where christy and i kind yeah. of met together was supporting tier three tier four but then also how do you build the capacity of utilizing the strengths within buildings
2: yeah and I think I mean Brenda Herder has been the cheerleader for our school division for many years with collaborative response model and we're very lucky to have her and she is my direct supervisor so she's kind of pulled me along through this this process and and helped me see kind of because I have a, a different role in our school division and I'm not a I'm not a teacher, or I'm not an administrator. Um, Sometimes it's, it's interesting to try to find myself within that this work. And yet, when our kids are struggling the most, I am always so grateful to be able to kind of lean on the team of amazing educators and amazing support people around these students. And it is so kind of rewarding to know that it's not me that has to come up with an idea. And within the group are the are the answers and so to have the process of of the collaborative response model really just kind of just not signifies that's not the word I want to say puts it on solid ground right it gives us really something to work with and 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 allows us to to have a really strong way of moving forward when we have really hard things to talk about.
0: So Christy you talk about finding yourself in in your role how do you Mm -hmm. see your role and collaborative response being part of your work.
2: So my role when I work with these really hard kids first is to find the story. So I always I, I think of myself a little bit of as a detective, which really is hard for my husband because I sometimes take that you know role home and want to find all the things out. But um, I like to know the story of of a student and and to kind of find the puzzle pieces that are there but might not be fitting. And so first I try to kind of understand the story of the students and then bring that story um, with the family to this to the school and help kind of get that perspective, but within every student that struggles are more universal themes of belonging or connection or anxiety or those kinds of things that if we're working on that for one kid, it's always going to benefit all of the students. And so, when I think of it from kind of a trauma-informed approach, a trauma-informed approach is good for all kids. It's good for all people to look at how can we be inclusive and how can we, you know, build on strengths and and really look at the student as a whole. And that's really what collaborative responses too, right? That that um, if one person is struggling, somebody else also is struggling. And so what are the solutions within all of that? And so I think as a team, it's not just teachers and EAs in a building at a school. There's always kind of other helpers. And how do we get their voice to complete the fuller picture of a student and find out different ways that we can help and
0: support all of our kids. So Andrea, how does the role of the principal fit in then with collaborative response. I
1: I mean, obviously, we're the lead facilitators, I think that that's a huge piece and it can start really from the very like first steps you take in a building and uh, I think I just had this conversation in a debrief with Jigsaw um, as we looked at one of our collaborative response, you know, meetings that the first step I took here at Sparling was to embed it in the structure. So although I was brand new to the school, getting to um, learn the culture here, um, the first thing that was a non-negotiable was like, we are going to embed collaborative response in what we do and provide that space for teachers to come together. Um, and that was sort of our first step here. So I think really as administrators, if you wanna put value on something, you have to embed it or make it part of the day-to-day kind of work that you do and start infusing it in the language. and. Uh, At Sparling here, um, with the needs that we serve and the demographic we serve, um, we have a lot of students that would be considered, let's say, Tier 3 or Tier 4 in a lot of buildings, but we're not octopuses with eight hands. Like, we have to find a way um, to lean into the work in creative ways, um, but also sustainable ways. Otherwise, you're going to burn out in this work because it can get very heavy at times. Um, And so, I mean, even in the first, I remember my first moments here at Sparling, Uh, when i was talking to the staff i had said that we have to shift from your students for that year to our students for five to six years and i had a teacher remark that feels really heavy like i don't know if i can own all of that right and it was a very vulnerable piece to the conversation but it speaks to where collaborative response can take a conversation from collegial to very candid and i've watched the team here really embrace that We've had tears, we've had everything, but in the end, there's always somebody now in the room through, and it it is through the administrators facilitating and asking just the right questions, right? Not having the answer, but asking the question that leads it to now seeing teachers ask that question where they'll say, okay, who are the other students? And um, that is the sustainability I think that I really appreciate in the collaborative response, and I think the administrator has to have a lens on where you're going to be three years from now in this work um so that when you step away they carry it forward and even in our we do a weekly and and we've evolved that from being a collaborative meeting to more of a case consult even in those weekly meetings it might start off with two minutes of celebration or even connection honestly and through covid believe me the teachers have need needed five minutes to breathe and drop their shoulders but even in that three four minutes somebody goes okay let's get to work we got 25 minutes let's talk about kids and that has really lifted um, the lean, the collective lean in to be both trauma informed, but also be more focused on that tier one and tier two universal supports for kids that would have been red in some labels or those tier fours or high flyers, we are now holding a lot better in the bottom layers,
0: right? So as you talk about that collective lean in, Andrea, what are you seeing as the impact of collaborative response in your school?
1: I think it's in the language, like it's the solution focused action items. Um, One of my, I mean, next to uh, leaning into hard students, inclusion is a huge passion of mine. And evolving IPP work has always been something I wanted to do. Um, But as many uh, administrators or leaders will say, you don't bite it all off in the first year, it's a, it's a process. And this was the year where we had most of our teachers say, we have to do better at IPPs. And so I said, all right, well then let's go. And we had those weekly and monthly collaborative, all those structures in place to start having those conversations around students. And, and, and it is, it's exactly what um, Curtis and Lorna and all of you have said about action items and being solution focused. Those IPPs are no longer just a goal you write down and check in on, they become action items that we're all accountable to. And I have seen it in uh, a gym class with just one gym teacher. That's not the homeroom teacher. Say about a kindergarten kid, I have to take a picture of that for the teacher because I know that's in the IPP. Or I have to take a picture because that came up at the collaborative response. And we need the data to show the growth in the student. So the conversations, and it's amazing to see because we have been challenged this last two years Um, in our own wellness, um, it's amazing to see when you give the tools that that language always comes up to the front because in the end we're in the service of kids and when you give teachers the space and structure to have those conversations, they want to be there. They want to collaborate. They want to do better every day for these kids because that's why we became teachers or administrators in the first place. So I think just that daily language is one of the biggest shifts I've seen um, and because every minute counts.
0: So, Christy, in your role, you have an opportunity to work with multiple schools. Mm-hmm. What are you seeing as the impact of collaborative response from sort of a system perspective?
2: I think one of the things that I really appreciate is, is for many years, um, when we had really sh- kids who were really struggling, um, it felt for a long time that there was one or two people that had those kids. So it was either me or or my staff who were kind of holding these kids. And it felt often that we were very alone in that work. And now um, in lots of our schools, like Andrea said, these kids are now everybody's kids. And everybody has kind of a piece of of the story. Um, and, And that is really helpful. And it also really builds the kind of the community around the students and around kind of the behaviors and understanding them in a different way. I think one of the things that I also really appreciate is the idea of having to hold all of your students in the school is really overwhelming and really hard on kind of our mental health and and the adults in the building when there isn't really an understanding of what piece is yours or how in what way I can hold them. So if I'm just hanging onto a container of 300 students without really understanding my piece or feeling I'm carrying it alone, it becomes too much. But when we put all of the adults together and we're able to say these are our kids and these are our behaviors and these are our strategies and we within the group have the solutions then it it balances out the load for more people and i think it becomes more sustainable that way the language is the same the the way that we communicate the boundaries around all of those things are really important and all of that creates safety and when there is safety for adults, then you can have more vulnerable conversations. Then we can say this isn't working or this is working. Um, when there's not those structures in place, then it really does become a complaint session and you leave after 25 minutes feeling like, oh, I'm, I'm tired, I'm, I'm burnt out from hearing all those stories because all you did was take a container and now you're holding this and what do I do with it? But when there's boundaries and structures and this is your job and now you're accountable for this action item, um then you feel empowered like yeah I can do that I can take a picture of gym class I know what I'm looking for so it just it just kind of makes it go from uh to yeah I can do that this is my part I've got this so
0: when we talk about collaborating for students what does the collaboration look like between the school and people in your role Christy how does that happen that is,
2: that's that's a really involved like it's a it's a process that, that's really kind of growing i think it's interesting because brenda and i were talking about that the other day and my team so my team is the FSLWs, family school liaison workers we will kind of participate in some of the collaboration meetings but not fully right we haven't really kind of explored that to, to i think as much as we can yet so i think next year that's kind of the goal that we're really looking forward um and i'm actually really excited because i think my team um has a different focus than educators, has a different understanding of students than than educators, because that is in our world, right? I, thank goodness, have to teach zero people math and everybody in the world should be super happy that I have to teach zero people math. But I have a different approach to working with students and and I have a different understanding. And so I think that's one of the areas that I'm really excited for next year to kind of branch out. How do we, what does it look like when, when kind of the more social worker voice comes into play in our school division and, and how, you know, in what ways can my team support social emotional learning and kind of giving more capacity to teachers in that area. And, and in what ways can we kind of grow that? I think that's gonna be a really exciting thing that we kind of start to put into place because we had to have the the foundation of the CMR work. Is that right? CR. CR, sorry. Why did I put an M in there? Right that that foundation had to be kind of embedded first and now we can kind of start to build on it more so i'm I'm really excited for it, I, I think it's I think it's going to be really good.
0: And Andrea what's your experience with collaborating with division office to support your kids,
1: you know I think. Um, I, I, Christy is right, it is an evolving process, but one of the things that I have uh, grown to appreciate in just what we've been doing even just this year is when collaborating with division office, if they have a lens on the other schools, they're able to connect the dots for other administrators. So even in just one of my last ones, when collaborating and watching back one of our meetings and debriefing it, um, to have the ability to say, hey, did you know that these two administrators actually had a very similar um, topic or theme, or what would that look like if those two schools connected or you got a, you know, a different, um, or is there a way we can provide supports in multiple ways? and I actually had an administrator this year asked to become part of or to view one of our collaborative response because they're trying to find out their next steps. Um, So I think division can really be that liaison or that um, connection point to help connect us because we are all over the, like, I mean, in Battle River and all school divisions sort of span a big geographical area, but we have similar themes, right? And um, I obviously, you know, being inside of a city, see something different or, I have more expertise in certain areas so when if inclusion's my expertise and there is a school that's struggling and division can help make that connection or they can join a cr when we know that that student's coming up they can hear the strategies too um so i think division can kind of play a key role in mm-hmm. connecting those but then also as an administrator if i'm aware of what supports there are it also helps us guide those action items to say actually you know what i think we are moving into Christie's world or tier three or tier four. Like, I think there's value in inviting division to our next collaboration day for this purpose, right? And then it's more targeted. It's not just a general, hey, come do this, like, you know, presentation, because I think we need it. It becomes, I've got, you know, three CR teams that have the same theme coming forward. Perhaps we need to look at it from a more universal lens. And then as the administrators, you can kind of connect those pieces too, so that the right um, support and strategies or pd is coming to your staff when they need it most um,
0: what might you describe as a key feature of collaborative response that that impacts your work or supports the work that you're doing
2: I think one of the things that our school division has done a very good job of and and I think that brenda herder takes a big brenda and shan and kind of the you know driving force here the idea of you really have to start with the foundation really strong. So everybody kind of gets excited about an idea and you kind of move forward, you know, maybe too quickly without building the foundation. And then you lose momentum because people are overwhelmed or confused by the process. So I really do think that, you know, the foundation was was deliberately built very strong and very mindful around having people understand it, getting as many people as you can trained, um, really being aware of bringing in the right people and the supports, and then it it allows it to kind of grow, so I, I think that that's been a really important process, and then being creative with it, like how can we expand this, what could it look like if we bring in more of the kind of social emotional learning part, if we bring in that piece more, could we invite our um, otpt people could do do they what would their voice add to the conversation how do we how do we be creative in that but if you don't have that strong foundation it's not going to go well it's going to make people frustrated and then especially in this time of the pandemic pandemic when we're so tired um, the last thing you want to do is complicate it you want it to be strong and and rooted And then and then see where it takes us and I think we're we're really in a good spot where it's really started to take off and and i'm really excited about it.
1: Yeah, And I would echo um, one of the key features and it's and it's interesting because i'm a little bit willy nilly, so like my desk like I am all in, but like I organization or structure would not be something that i'd be like we let's just fly by the seat of our pants and. I think that one of the things I've learned through the process of both, you know, learning about it first from a consultant lens, um, but then coming in and stepping in, kind of driving the facilitation or making it part of our school culture, is that the structure is one of the biggest pieces to maintain that sustainability and create safe spaces for collaboration, because I think a lot of people can say that we've got really strong relationships in the school or we're really good at collaborating but they never actually dig down and get vulnerable, which is where the the biggest shining moments come from, right? And um, and I I will actually, probably my most vulnerable moment was this year we call October the dark days for Andrea, because it was like COVID crazy and it was super duper hard. And I remember going into the meeting um, with the intention we were gonna do a CR meeting after, but we really just needed a chance to let things out on the table. And I let a lot out on the table, and there was tears and vulnerability. and and one of the teachers just stopped and was like, "Hey, you taught me about this. Here's what it is." And then two seconds later, another teacher chimed in and was like, "Okay, so who are the who's a student that is a high flyer that doesn't have support?" And next thing, I know, it turned into a collaboration meeting, and we went an hour over, and nobody said it, what what it was. Like nobody had a template out, and it was just that inform the beauty of, that informal um, conversation, but it was driven from a place, and I think that's the feature that I've learned to respect the most in collaborative response is in the structure. Mm -hmm. Now, whether that be team norms, pre-meeting organizers, every school is going to do that in a different way based on their demographic, which that flexibility and and the unbelievable amount of resources that Jigsaw has to help you, like when you have a thought and you can look it up, But I think that one thing maintains like its consistency and and for administrators, I would say is don't ignore the structure and give it the time to take root. Mm -hmm. Because if you push too far too fast, um, you won't maintain, get that safe space for your, your educators to be in to really let them let their guard down and share their expertise or be vulnerable about a weakness or a struggle they're having. Because when they say that and somebody steps up to support the doors open down your hallway. Because now you're listening to each other, right? And it's that true active listening, not just that I'm in a meeting today.
0: So, you've talked a little bit about the importance of building a strong foundation and a lot about the structures and how important they are. Do you have any advice you might give to somebody who's just starting to implement collaborative response?
2: Do it. <laughs> I would say it's worth it. I would say um, find your people. So, um, who do you naturally kind of collaborate with already? Is there uh, somebody that you go to um, and and you already kind of have that relationship? I think you need to find your people to to kind of start to go through the process together. Um, ask other administrators other people around your division um, look for expertise in unusual places there's always experts in you know hidey holes around the corner um, i think the more questions you can ask and the more information you gather at the start is is really smart um, and understand that you're asking administrators or you're asking your colleagues to be in a really vulnerable position when we say we're going to be collaborative. Um, I think we assume that that's really a natural place for everybody, and I don't think it is. Um, I think we come to work and and we want to be kind to each other and we want to work really um, nicely. We, you know, we all want to play together in the sandbox really nicely, but sometimes um, and the best collaboration sometimes is messy. And so you have to be understanding that that this is a really vulnerable place for for a lot of us and and that takes time. And I think the celebration part is really important too, right? We have to acknowledge um, when we see a change or when this student is all of a sudden doing really great things um and and really being aware that that this is hard work. and the, The changes that we're going to see are amazing Um, so really do focus on celebration too, but but be gentle on on yourself as you go through the process and
1: find your people because they're out there. I think the advice I would give is is I think embedding it give yourself time right like give your staff time embed the time make the time a priority, because once you have that time embedded it leads the way for all the next step of the work. Um, Next to that would be, you know, I think the celebrations, I think the data is really important, but I will never forget when Curtis said like profess teachers professional judgment trumps any test score. And, and I think that 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 flexibility when I when I heard him say that, and then even the ready fire aim right don't be afraid to fail forward. Um, because that's where you will—that's where the learning happens—is in the mistakes. We tell our kids that all the time, so yep. we should be doing it too. Um, so I, I really think that you have to—that by embedding the time, you, you show your staff that you're ready to do this work and you're going to put value in it, but then not being afraid for it to fall down and then you pick back up and learn from that kind of messiness. Um, but always make sure that your lens is on the students, right? Like when all conversations come back to the students, like who are we here for? who are we serving, whether it be your students, your community, reminding people of that takes away the personalization of failure. It reminds us that we're all here for the same reason. We all have a different idea. We might all have a different style, but putting the lens on the students um, first and reminding our staff of that. And that's why um, when you do the celebrations at the beginning of a team meeting, how important that is, because it reminds us of who we are serving each and every step of the way in the process. So, I mean, I think that would be, and. I, you know, find your people and don't be a, dig into the resources. Try something, and if it doesn't work, that's okay because Jigsaw's got probably ten more um, examples of it that you can give a world to. And even the continuum of supports, mm-hmm. when we looked at that, we use it different here, right? Like I, we overlapped Maslow's in it, and like we did different things based on our school, and we made it ours. And some things are informal for us, and some things are very formal for us. It just depends because we're addressing the community that we are, um, are serving each day. So, and that looks different at every school site. Um, and the sizes of your staff look different, like depending on how many you have in a CR meeting. And so I, I really think that um, some of those pieces would be, I mean, honestly, it's just sort of ready, fi- like ready, fire, eight, like just go and and learn from it and then seek the help when you need it. And that's the vulnerability. Don't be afraid to stand up in front of your staff and be like, oh, that did not work. We need to go back to the drawing board. Even if it's with your team norms, if something goes sideways, don't get discouraged. Ask the question, why? Well, why did that happen?
0: Christy, you talked a lot about collaboration being messy. (laughs) So I'm gonna ask you both, what would you say you've learned around collaborating to support students? What would be that one key thing that you would take away from that learning?
2: I think that in the mess is the beauty. So I, like Andrew said, she's not a structured person. I, I wouldn't say I'm also a structured person. I I don't function ever in black and white. So I'm always in the gray area. And I I always try to be in the messy because I think that's where that's where we're gonna find our answers. That's where we're gonna find our pearls of wisdom is in the messy. I feel like students are coming with more and more complex situations um i think this pandemic has you know changed us in ways that we don't even know the outcomes of yet and none of us have ever been alive in a pandemic before so how could we expect to know the answers to the questions that are coming to us and so i think if we can give ourselves grace around nobody knows what this is gonna look like. I mean, experts are trying to figure it out and, and we're trying to figure it out every day. And so in that is the place of collaboration. In that is, what do you see? This is what I see. Um, at another school, this is what they're trying. I think the more we can embrace the mess and and go deeper into that, the better. Because if we try to stay, if we try to kind of go with what we knew, we're never going to kind of come up with new ideas. New ideas are born in this mess. And, and that's, that's the best place to be, in my opinion.
0: So Andrea, what are your thoughts about learning about collaboration and how to collaborate with others?
1: Um, oh. You know, I think, uh, and, and I am going to be like really open and honest about this. I remember looking at the team norm stuff and thinking, ah, oh, we don't need that. Right? Like, really, like, we're all professionals in the room, like, why do we need to spell that out every time? And like, and I remember, you know, going through it and trusting the process, right? And not, not just saying, because it's not about me, it's about our whole team. Um, and watching our, our teams work around team norms. But in that, you create that safety to be vulnerable in your collaboration, Um, And if there's anything that I've learned, I think, about culture and a team, it's when we know each other in our greatest moments and our messiest moments that that true collaboration can happen. Because, I mean, I, I, you know, as teachers, you know, we take a lot of pride in doing the very best we can, and when we can't, when we're struggling, We take that very personally, and it is very hard to walk across the the room or walk across the hall and say to somebody, "I feel like I'm failing the student," because that's not in our nature, right? Like we don't want to fail students, and and I mean, anybody asking for help is a hard thing. I mean, you look at the mental health, and so I think by creating those team norms, putting students at the forefront, we give ourselves the permission in collaboration to be vulnerable and not have all the answers and to lean on each other and we have gone through I mean, I think this year I thought last year was hard with the pandemic this year by far has tested every fiber of our school culture. And I'm still amazed at how we come out of the other end of it and everybody knows each other trust each other lifts each other up and still have been action focused through some like incredibly hard things they're still talking about kids. And I mean, that's when you give teachers that space, they're gonna live up to that. They, they're they not gonna let you down. Um, giving, you know, saving space for that and trusting the process I think has been, and that's why the team norms are so important. I think I've learned that um, through this process is because it creates the safety to let the guard down. And then you could do all that fancy stuff that Brene Brown says and all of those others say, because you have created that culture within your building to hold each other and then in turn hold your whole community and your students.
0: Ladies, it sounds like you've done some fantastic work collaborating together and collaborating within the school. Do you have any final thoughts around collaborative response as a whole that you might want to share?
2: I think and I've I've heard Curtis talk about this before. I think for, it, it seems intuitive. It seems, um, don't we all do this already? Isn't this what we've been doing for a hundred years? And all of those, I've, I've heard that message before. And what, for me, what the collaborative response model does is it gives us the structure. It, it builds walls kind of around the mess, still leaves room for the, the discussion and all of those things, but gives us really clear, a really clear path forward. And, and I know when, when people are anxious and, and feeling overwhelmed, what they need more than anything is a path forward. And so this, this provides that. It, it gives you the resources. It gives you the, the understanding, the norms, all of those things. And it helps you kind of navigate your way through when you don't quite know how to get there. It invites in other people's voices. And, and it really does say in a very empowering way, the experts are already in this room and and you know what to do what you need is the time to have a structured conversation about it um teachers are the most amazing creatures on this planet i don't think that they're given enough credit um, for anything they are kind and so engaged and and the hardest workers and truly care about their students and i have seen teachers change the lives of kids a hundred times and they will work as hard as they can when given the time to make a student's life better. And so this really does give us the space to say, what are our issues? What are we working on? What are your ideas? It validates the voice of a teacher who's been teaching for 25 years and somebody who's brand new. It, it, it levels the playing field. And so um, it really does provide us a structure to say kids are the most important people. We serve them first. So what are we going to do about them? And, and it helps us have a really great conversation about it.
0: Andrea, how about you? Any final thoughts around collaborative response?
1: Can, can I mic drop Christy? <laughs> like,
0: <laughs> I don't
1: think a role has tested me more as a human being, um, as a professional, as the current role that I'm in right now. Um, and I have been through the, you know, pyramid of interventions and you know, data driven stuff and all these things. And, and I always have thought, you know, oh, man, we just need to find a way to come together, though, to move things forward. And I would say that um, my one of my final thoughts is I actually feel that this is a sustainable thing to to build a culture around, not just to do the collaborative response, but it is something that we like can breathe live and breathe every day, just through the way we we speak about our students, about our strategies, about what we're doing. And um, my proudest moment, and I think, and I look back and it was, I mean, it is due to collaborative response because you have the conversation is, we had a student that was struggling and they had to phone the office and the phone call wasn't the student is freaking out. The phone call was, the student's lid has flipped. We need some help. And, And then when I got there, the next comment was, you know what? It's not as intense as last time, but uh, I like, it, but I think there's a safety risk, and it was already action itemed without it needing to be, and that has come from our conversations, right? And and we, you know, we talk about data, and it just goes beyond. Like we've found creative ways to find data in different places and talk about different things. And um, I was just so proud of that moment because people weren't freaking out. They were helping each other. They were looking for their people. They know who to call. But they were using language that we're talking about every day in our meetings which was huge right and and that i think um it has really shifted the culture and i don't think just my building i think i've heard from a lot of buildings um but it has allowed our staff instead of one person leaning into students the entire building is leaning into students and they feel safer and more empowered to do so They don't feel like they have to be that one person in that one classroom, that they have a role to play from our littlest kids to our biggest ones.
0: The work you two do is so important. So I'm going to start first by saying thank you for being there for kids. And then thank you for taking the time out of the busy and important work that you do to share your story with our audience, because I know that they're going to love hearing it as I have, and that they're going to learn from it. So I appreciate you taking the time.